The Fly Fishing 97 podcast is powered by theflycrate.com, an online fly shop. Join the Quarterly Fly Club today, your source for all things fly fishing. And wait for it films. For action-packed fly fishing videos and camera-related content, check out Wait For It Films on YouTube or at www.thewaitcreativeco.com. And Broken Tippet Fly Company. Blog and fishing apparel and accessories. Check them out online at brokentippet.com. You, you, you are listening. You are listening. You are listening to the Fly Fishing ninety seven podcast. We have got Jesse Martineau on the show, video creator, avid fly fisher, podcaster. He has the Me and Jesse podcast, which is all things sports. And this is where I like to do a deep dive because, so BC background, but now in Alberta, Mm -hmm. this could go a lot of ways for you. Um, Let's talk (laughs) sports teams. Like, and and I don't know if you like to talk. Oh yeah, this is a good one. I don't know if you like to talk favorites because I know you you do. I do. Okay. So yeah, yeah. No, we're not. We don't apologize about who we like or not. Don't like. I love this cool thing about podcasts. You can just do what you want. Who who are you you pulling for? Like, who's your team? Okay, here. This is a weird one. All right. So growing up on Vancouver Island, you'd think the Canucks, but my dad was a Canucks fan. And for some reason, my dad said when I was five years old, you can't have the same team as me. You have to pick another team. So we always have a rivalry. And I don't know why he did that. That's weird. (laughs) No, I don't know why he did it. But, but. So at five years old, I went through the logos of all the NHL teams and I had one of those like table hockey games. Remember those things with the, uh, you spin the little rods and whatever it was a tabletop hockey thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Rod hockey. And so I looked at all the logos were on the side of that. And so I picked the coolest logo I saw. It was amazing. One thing I loved was having a fireplace in our house. And I love staring at the fire. And so when I saw a logo with fire on oh, it. Oh, I know where you're going. I was like, <laughs> I had to pick them. So I chose the Calgary Flames when I was five years old. <laughs> and I've never looked back. I Even thought, when I moved here. I, I just, thought you were going to say Atlanta Flames because I'm an old guy. But then, but then yeah. when you said that, I'm like, man, you're living in Edmonton. You realize yeah. you, you, can't, you can't be doing that. It is hilarious, actually, when I tell people this story because they can't believe it uh, that I would be a Flames fan. But it, you know, there is a lot of Flames fans here. But it is, it wasn't before. It was before, like I was five years old. It's been how old am I? It's thirty-seven years of being a Flames fan. Wow. So, you know, I, I, it was, I, I never left. I never changed. But you know, hockey kind of like, again, doing a sports show, like. You you find different things you like and and don't like and and sometimes you know sports for me wane a little bit and hockey is on the back burner a little bit for me now. Um, I got massively into F Formula One <laughs> when oh, okay, the Netflix yeah. thing. Like so many people watch the Netflix series. If you haven't seen it, you gotta watch it. It's it's called Drive to Survive. It's amazing. Hmm. But I've watched every race for the last two seasons. Wow. I I get up at four in the morning to watch. Like it. I am all in on that who's your go-to so, team in that yeah, the, uh red bull okay which you know now they're winning so everyone's like oh just because of that and i know i picked them before when they weren't but but anyway i, I yeah I, I just like them and then but really football american football is is 
my big thing. I, I yeah, love too. that. And I'm a Seahawks fan. <laughs> oh, shit. Uh, <laughs> well, I'm well a, I grew up I, there. Like, I, I grew up there. That one made sense. Like, I love the Mariners. I love the Seahawks. Yeah. And I really went with the Seahawks. You got to um, realize you're talking to a huge Broncos fan, and this Russell Uh-oh. Wilson thing, this <laughs> Russell Wilson thing is. Oh, boy. Is, you don't want to watch. Holy. <laughs> I don't even know where to I go. honestly like I I couldn't believe I mean obviously as a Seahawks fan I was devastated. Mm. I was like oh no I got to go through another like decade of sucking like oh, come on. <laughs> and now it looks like and I was like so mad at Pete Carroll I was you know mad at the GM I was mad at everybody on that. And now you're like man these guys might have been this might be the biggest fleecing in not just NFL, but sports history. Oh, come this on. This might be the biggest come thing on. in sports history. Don't, I, it, don't forget I, Cam I, Neely. I, don't forget the Cam oh, Neely trade. Cam Neely. But this, like, I, for, because honestly, like, you can't deny that as a Broncos fan, you didn't instantly think Super Bowl bound. Well, like, I, I thought at least playoffs. I, I thought, yeah. I didn't think last in the division and, and, no. and we suck. Uh, I, I thought Super Bowl bound. I honestly, I'm like, I don't see anybody. Like challenging that they look so good on paper, it was incredible. Good defense, right? But great but defense, honestly, good he run has game, great receivers. He has I'm no like, targets, though. He has no targets, and I realize yeah. we have a rookie head coach, so it's a bit of a perfect shitstorm, to be honest. Yeah, it has been. It, it's it's mind boggling, to be honest. Like I I don't understand what's happening there. I did not mm. think but that I, he'd fallen off like that. I got to tell you, I am happy for Seahawks fans because w- when you make a move like that and you think, I have no, we have no hope, and then all of a yeah. sudden, you know, it's like, wait a minute. That, that like, to me, that's what team's all about. Everybody comes yeah. together. You, you, you get somebody that can do the job. It doesn't have to be, you know, you could have the next Trent Dilfer and still win the damn yeah. Super Bowl, right? It, yeah. You don't yeah. need to have Tom Brady to win the Super Bowl. No. and I But I got hit both sports. I got NHL. The flames fell apart in the off season. They lost Goudreau and they lost to Chuck. And I'm like, what is happening to my teams right now? Like, right. That was a horrible, like sports summer there because like, you didn't know what was going to happen. And that now you're like, Oh wow. It actually worked out all right there. The Fly Fishing 97 podcast is brought to you by The Fly Crate. The Fly Crate is an online fly shop where you can save more on flies and gear. Shop between hundreds of unique flies and join the quarterly fly club for hand-picked fly assortments for each season. Exclusively for our podcast listeners, you can save an additional 10% on The Fly Crate by using the code FLYFISH97. Go to theflycrate.com and use the code FLYFISH97 at checkout to save 10%. Welcome to this edition of the Fly Fishing 97 podcast. Super stoked you chose to join us this time around, and we're going to do what we love to do on the show and what we thrive to do each and every day, and that's seek out passionate people in the fly fishing space, find their story, what brings them to the water, why do we do this crazy thing we do? And we have uh, Jesse Martineau on the show today. Now, Jesse is a video creator, avid fly fisher. He has a podcast called the Me and Jesse Podcast. Check it out. Uh, all things sports, and we love to talk sports on the show as well. He's out of Spruce Grove, Alberta, Canada. Jesse, thanks so much, man, for coming on the show. I really, I really appreciate your time. Hey, thanks so much for having me. It's, uh, it's an honor. I love talking about fishing. I love talking about um, the life 
that it kind of leads to. It's it's a lifestyle for me, yeah. and it has been for since I was a little kid. I feel that. So 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 talk to me about how well when when you were a little kid when you came to the water when you kind of discovered this kind of obsession. Mm. Walk us through your journey when it comes to fly fishing, Jesse. How how did things kind of get going for you? Well, I grew up on Vancouver Island, so obviously prime you know fishing country like uh i grew up in duncan so the cowichan river was our our river and you know to be honest with you for that first 25 years of my life i didn't venture much off that river it just offered so much we have um you know beautiful brown trout uh, rainbows and then of course the salmon run and and you know you'd be a few kilometers up river and and you'd still get salmon with sea lice on them they'd run up so quick and and then of course um, world-class steelheading and, you know, that, that, you know, that was later on, but that, you know, I still dream about that as I live in Edmonton, Alberta right now, and there's not many steelhead around here, but (laughs) (laughs) I grew up, you know, my dad, my dad fished and he, and he loved it. And I remember I, I, my first memory of fishing is actually, he was, had me on his shoulder and he was crossing the river. Um, it's probably fall, so he, he could still cross it, and and he actually dropped me in. <laughs> I just remember going under the water and looking up, and I remember he was grabbing me, and that was actually my first memory of fishing. I was probably about three years old, I think. I don't know, maybe somewhere around there. And uh, but you know, since that moment, I I you know there was any time there was a rod nearby and a piece of water, I would couldn't think about anything else Mm. it was about going out and seeing what was under the surface and and i and it was just it was consuming to be honest with you like i i i I couldn't think about anything else Mm. but i didn't really get into the fishing kind of like really avid part of it um until i was in my you know later teens i could drive started to drive and you know you could go do that yourself um, but then, you know, I did that for a while. And when I was 20 years old, I was walking through our local, uh, sports store in, um, Duncan, BC called Bucky's. It's still there. And, uh, that's where you got everything fishing and they knew everything about it. And I, I bought a fly rod and I had never tried. I just saw a river runs through it as many people had. And like, I have to do this. It looks like the way to fish. And I remember I found, I had found a fly. It was a B pattern or something. And, uh, it was, you know, early summer. I tie it on. I go out there the first time, first cast, I run it down a little run. And I watch this fish come up from about eight feet down all the way up, take the fly off the top. And that fish was hooked. And so was I, <laughs> I've, I, I, I literally, I do not own a spinning rod. Like I, and, and a lot of my friends that do make fun of me, but, but I, I, I just can't think of another way yeah. to fish. It is consuming. I love it so much. I, you know, watching to me, the, the, the height of it is watching them. I don't care how big of a fish it is. Just take something off the surface yeah. is, I mean, there's something that just is incredible about that experience that, I can't shake and it, you know, now it's winter and frozen. I, I, I just 
dread this time until water <laughs> opens up again. I can relate to that. Like I don't, I'll go ice ice fishing, but it's more about the beverage and just spending time. But yeah, it's not the same, right? But you you said something that really resonated with me, and that's the uh, the visual aspect of it. Seeing, yeah, you know, you got like a McGinty or some kind of bee pattern, as you called it. Like I can just visualize yep. that for some reason, and you see that fish coming up. And that's all it takes, right? Just that one. Oh my gosh. Limp. Just, yeah. you just like, you'd never, like, I'd never seen that kind of action other than just watching fish jump. And you, and you really never really paid attention. I didn't anyway. And then watching that and, and then starting to understand that there's a whole world mm. that I just opened up for myself. And I'll tell you right now, like, and this is, everybody knows this because I do a lot of this content on my social media stuff too, but I have ADHD really bad. Like it, it, it's consumed me my whole life. And so if you know about anything about that, you, you know that those people either get tons of hobbies and they'll dive in and it'll be, you know, they'll do it like so well for a month, they'll figure it out and then they'll just quit and never touch it again. I have probably a thousand hobbies that I've done that with. <laughs> Fishing is the only one that's made that stood the test of time. And, it's because it just it always is evolving. You never know what's going to happen and yeah. and you and you can't just say I'm I'm going to do this today. It's like, well, that's not up to you. And that's what keeps me coming back and and hmm. and that yeah, but the visual part of it too is a big thing for me because, you know, as you mentioned, video creation, but I actually started in photography. Um my uncle handed me a camera and was 11 years old and I would say fishing and photography and camera stuff is like my two big things that you know, really my business now is camera stuff. So that's like, yeah, it is my life. And, and I, and so I, I remember like watching that stuff and just wanting to capture and I love the outdoors. I love, you know, the beauty of that kind of stuff and growing up in BC and then moving to Alberta, which is beautiful in a different way, but very different. You mm -hmm. like, I, I, you know, you take that for granted a little bit growing up in a place like Vancouver Island, you, you, sure. You, you don't really, I don't know if you really know what you had and then you leave and you're like, Whoa, that was <laughs> not like it is here. Yeah. And yeah. So it took me a while when I moved here to be like, to actually learn to fish because a lot of it was still water, actually 90% of it's still water. Yeah. And I grew up on a river and that's all I knew how to do. Like if I couldn't wade to it or get to it or, you know, ride a motorbike down a trail to find it, like I didn't know what to do when I moved here. I was like, I, I, this is foreign to me. So I get, maybe that's another thing that just keep kind of keeps you going. Like, like here's a whole other world now that you have to learn. Like, you know how to fly fish, but yeah. now what do you do when you can't rely on these things that you had before? Well, that's what strikes me, Jesse, is you just don't, you never know at all. And I, I'm attracted to things like that. And I can totally relate to what you're saying. Like I'm an all in or all out mentality. It's like, yeah. well, and when you find something you connect with uh, I had somebody on the show and I've, I've harped on this a few times but it's not a I need to or I want to it's an I have to it's like you've been there done that and you need to do it again you know yeah that's fly fishing for me I just can't and and that whole observation you talked about it it's that paying attention to the details that deep dive mm -hmm. what's going on under the water it just opens up a whole kind of new world yeah and back then you know like you know, that was 2000, I want to say, which, you know, for some people it's not that long ago, but for some it's a long time ago. <laughs> mm -hmm. But before, you know, 
you know, really Googling things to find out or watching videos. Like you had to pick up the books and I still got them like sitting around like the old books that, you know, here's what this pattern looks like. And, and I remember reading those and like being enthralled with diving into all those things and what people say would say and trying to then go implement it out there. But for me, like, you know, reading wasn't my favorite thing to do. So the visual part and once video started getting involved with things like that, like I, you know, that changed everything for me because you can watch now the thing you love and learn at the same time. And yeah, yeah, it was, it's a, to me, that's a game changer for people now starting to fly fish. Yeah. Agreed. hundred percent. So, so if you had to look back at your kind of fly fishing journey, kind of from where you started to where you're at and I know it's a big part of your life but mm-hmm. if you had to cite some influences Jesse like who who would you say has kind of helped you along the way kind of mentored you maybe a little bit and that doesn't have to be necessarily somebody you know it could be somebody you saw on YouTube or it could be somebody you watched yeah. a, you know a movie of or read about who would you cite as a, an influence well you know for me it's always been friends like I I'll go by myself but I much prefer to go with somebody like because to me like I find that that time, if here's the thing, I go fishing with one guy, uh, and he's on Instagram, uh, at a good, or his name is a good tug. <laughs> it's a fishing thing. So yeah, no, I figured he, we go, we go 90% of the time. So together and, and you know, it, one of our wives asked us, what do you guys talk about for so long? And like, we fish, we don't actually talk when we're on the water when we're driving places. Yeah. We'll talk then. But, but I don't know, there's something about being with someone and then sharing that experience that I've always loved. So for me, that mentorship or whatever, has just been working with someone and developing together and figuring things out together. I really love that. But if there's like people I watch on YouTube, I watch Brian Chan as most people do like watching that guy is he's a, he's Yoda. He's, he's, <laughs> he's, he just, especially the still water thing, because coming here, like didn't really know what to do and found him. And, yeah. you know, it's, it was a game changer that way. But, you know, I would say, you know, like maybe not like people like that. It's more been friends and people that have met along the way that you learn and pick up things from, and you share things with them and you just kind of develop your style and what you like to do and what you prefer to do and where you prefer to go mm-hmm. and, and share that with other people. And, and you know, I, I, I really do. That's why I say it's a lifestyle. I don't say it's just like a hobby or even a, just a sport. Like it's a lifestyle. Like it's, it's not just, I go fishing. It's that it actually is a part of my life and the people around me now do the same kind of stuff. Like they go fishing, like, and, and we kind of developed that. So it goes much deeper than fishing. You build like lifelong friendships with people over it. And that's, and, and then, you know, and then along the way you catch an amazing fish or you have an amazing fish story and they're right there to share it with you. And, and so that's been, I think the mentorship that I like from my personal life, that's always what has helped me kind of keep learning and growing is the people around me that kind of like motivate me or inspire me or Mm -hmm. encourage me or just be there on the journey to learn something. And it's been like that for fishing with me. Like I can honestly say like I, I, you know, and I got so many people into fishing. My friend that I just mentioned, Dean, he never had picked up a fly rod, never tried, um, you know, and I last season I got him one in his hands. And then this year he went 90% 
on the fly. And, uh, you know, we have a joke. I have a joke anyway with all my friends that, you know, it doesn't count unless it's on the fly. But <laughs> so, so I, again, like, I mean, again, I, I'm not against spin casting. I just, yeah. I just, I just love the whole dynamic of what throwing a fly is. Yeah. No, I, I get it. Like for me, it's like a platform. Like you wouldn't believe how many people I've had on the show, Jesse, that like, okay, I started spin casting. And that's how most of us learn. But the minute. Yeah. It's just a different game, and I'm not I'm not belittling spin casting because I still do it on occasion. I'm not gonna lie yeah. to you; it depends what I'm doing. But um, if I can catch him on a fly, I'm gonna do it. Yeah. But um, it's, so so listen, man. I want I want to take some time to get to know you off the water. Um, sure. And and I want to dig into your. I want to do a deep dive into your podcast and kind of what what kind of your world's all about. You ready for a few kind of random questions that might yeah, go ahead might not have a lot to do with fishing. <laughs> No, that's fine. <laughs> All right, man. Let's talk tunes. So when you're on your way to your favorite Stillwater, your favorite river, what's yeah. playing in the truck on the stereo? Well, and this is where I differ from a lot of people because, you know, the ADH thing, D thing comes back. I really struggle doing two things at once. And music was one of those things that I was, I remember always my friends would say, oh, I just turn music on when I'm studying or doing homework. I'm like, I, I tried. I, I need dead silence. Like I, I could not, <laughs> if there was any noise whatsoever, I was distracted. Mm -hmm. And so I, you know, didn't really jump too deep into that kind of thing in, in, especially driving and stuff. It wasn't really a thing, but if I had to, you know, I grew up on Vancouver Island, like I said, so we got all the Seattle radio stations and and so the grunge era that came through in the early nineties, well, all the way, all the way through the nineties was what we grew up with. I wore like plaid shirts with the plaid shirt tied around my waist and ripped jeans. Like that was, that was how we all grew up. And we listened to Nirvana and Pearl Jam and, yeah. and Soundgarden and all, all those guys. And then it was kind of weird because there was that alternative grunge thing and then rap, like, yeah. like, you know. It was, it was, you know, Dr. Dre and all that kind of stuff. And it's funny because my friend Dean, like we're very similar in that kind of way. And so if there is something on, it's like all of a sudden you look down and it's like Dre chronic 2001 playing on the thing You're like, <laughs> what's going on. But you know, I, I just, yeah, I music, a lot of people really are jump into the music thing, but I really, I kind of flop all over the place. Like yeah. it is one of those things. And I don't get to talk to my friends much because I'm so busy with other things that sometimes I just like, Hey, let's just talk. And we end up talking for hours, but you know, I, and so that's the thing. But if I, you know, if we're having people over and there's that, I find my like nineties alternative playlist and I'll hit that on everything. And everyone has to come down nostalgia road with me. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Okay, man, let's, let's talk a fly pattern that you just cannot live without. So if, if you're headed to your favorite still water mm. in and around Edmonton, what's your go-to? Yeah. Like, what are you reaching for more often um, than not? Like any, any sort of leech type thing around here is you, the first try. Always, always a balanced leech. Um, you know, I tie these little weird copperhead, like little pretty tiny but black little they could be a minnow they could be a leech like just that kind of stuff is always what if you're if you're not sure start with that and it will 
catch fish around here. Uh, that and then chronomids are are I love 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 chronomid fishing. I, it's just oh, I just oh, yeah. I don't know what it is about it, but I just love it. And so you know we'll and in Alberta we're actually allowed three flies on a line. So I, I don't do that a lot because you, you, I mean, it depends what time of the year it is, but if you do stack them, um, a lot of people struggle with that cause it tangles really easy, but I usually would throw like a blood worm at the bottom and then a chronomid. And then I'd actually use a leech on the top and just kind of keep the float kind of like oh, in the right spot. That's, uh, that sounds some people like reverse money. that, but that sounds like money. Oh, I, I can't it, it, do like, that. Honestly, like. Yeah, yeah, BC, and and that's what I grew up with too. But, but, uh, and then in industry, it we really do have the you know spring, summer, fall, typical what you'd think happens happens here. That's early spring bite is insane. You can throw anything at them, they'll go for it. And then chronomids just take off in June, and summer can slow down immensely, especially around the lakes here because a lot of them aren't spring fed. Uh, they get really dirty, uh, and they get too hot. And those fish now will not move. They'll sit on the bottom and will not budge for a month. Um, and so, yeah, so that kind of sucks. Usually we head further west and go into the mountains when that happens. Um, but then when fall comes around, it is game on. You could throw anything. I used, Last year I threw, I don't think I switched off a woolly bugger the whole fall season. <laughs> this year I was like, you know what? I think dry flies at this time of year are going to work. <laughs> and I had the stupidest fly. I, sh I should post a picture of it, but it was a, essentially a beetle with eight legs, yeah. a foam body with a little orange on top. And I didn't take that off all fall. Hmm. Everything, we called it the magic bud, bug by the end because it everything took it. And, you know, those fish in that time of year trolling in, you know, a foot of water and you can watch them come up and take it. I mean, it was, that was awesome. But you know, my favorite fly, I don't, man, that's Ooh. a good question. Like, man, I don't know. It, it's, Ooh. if I could dry fly anything, I would like, that would be the number one thing I would do. But yeah. Um, I, I, yeah, it just, it just, I, I, I don't know. Like I just like to rotate through those. Hmm. Love it. You said magic bud. Is that is that different than magic bug? <laughs> the magic bug. Sorry, you I thought you said, I thought you said the magic bud. <laughs> B U D. Oh, bud. I was like, yeah, I got the magic. Well, yeah. Bud. Well, that. I mean, I mean, I am from Vancouver Island, so <laughs> I mean, that was part of the world there too. <laughs> is there a place, Jesse, that you love to talk fly fishing? Like, like, so in in your neck of the woods, is there a fly shop? Is there a coffee mm -hmm. shop? Is there a brew pub you yep. like to? frequent kind of get your fix when you're not fishing yeah well we just got a, a new fishing store in spruce grove called hooked up fishing gear um they're awesome the owners are awesome and um you know we've really and they've done a great job too of rallying around the fishing community and so um it's kind of our hub now like we we they have events for us uh, there's like pro staff and all that kind of stuff but but you know they're really this community is awesome. I will say that. Like I moved from Vancouver Island. It was just one thing. And, you know, you kind of grow up there and you do your own thing. But when I came here, the one thing I noticed was everybody wants to talk. Everyone says hi. Everyone smiles at you. It's it's like what you'd see on a movie is actually happening. And so anything that is community oriented here 
the community jumps on it and there's the same thing with the fishing stuff. And, and it's not easy to run a store, especially in this world with Amazon and all that kind of stuff and in Canadian tire. Uh, but you know, they're doing it. And I think that that's like kind of our hub where we kind of go and meet people and talk. And then, and then with, I'm actually in a group on Instagram too, with a bunch of fishermen and guys, girls, like everybody in there. And we talk daily, like daily there's messages in there about what's going on. And, you know, again, like we talk about fishing, sure. But mm-hmm. again, life, like there's a lot of things we've built friendships with, with one another and, and care about one another and care about what's going on in their life. And yeah. it's more than just fishing, but you know, I, I would say that, you know, the hooked up fishing gear is like our hub now. Um, and then from there, it's just like, you know, to me, the more the merrier, I say, Hey, me and Dean are going fishing here this week, weekend or whatever, who's coming. And it's great when people show up and, and yeah, go with that. Mm-hmm. Now, the one thing is, is what's really changed for me over the last couple of years is kayak fishing. And mm-hmm. that has exploded here. Uh, it is, and I had a belly boat which for Stillwater was great and it was fun and I liked it. And I, I recommend anyone that is wondering how to get on Stillwater. If you don't want to spend too much, get yourself an inflatable one and, and go try it. It actually is pretty fun. Yeah. Um, but the kayak thing has revolutionized my fishing experience. It is so accessible. You can go anywhere. Um, mine, I put an electric engine on and I have like foot control steering and, uh, uh, it is like you're in your own boat essentially. Um, but it just opens up so much more and it, it has been really, really fun. So there's a, a really solid kayaking community in Spruce Grove, yeah. uh, and, and the Emmett, greater Edmonton region. Hmm. Uh, it's, there's a lot of like a lot, a lot of people that are kayak fishing and it's just growing and growing and growing. And of course now as everyone becomes a kayak evangelist, essentially, you know, I have like three or four friends that are like, Oh, I'm buying one now. And they're like getting the pieces and you know, come spring, there's going to be more people in the crew. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Like, so it, anything, the community that kind of like speaks community here, it just becomes that. And wherever you are, you end up talking about fishing. That's pretty cool. Sounds like you're in a good spot. And I know we've had, it a, is. you'd be surprised how many people we've had on from Edmonton, but more so Spruce Grove. Um, I think you're in maybe five or six, and uh, wow. I know there's a huge fishing community there. We, yeah, we just, yeah, we, I mean, I, man, I, like, and I was mentioned before, like, you know, we want to call it the gateway to the outdoors because it's just within, you know, 45 minutes of us, we have about f- maybe 10 solid trout lakes Yeah, uh, that are really accessible for us, especially if you're on a kayak. And yeah, so it, it is a really great place to be if you're in this region we have got jesse martineau on the show video creator avid fly fisher podcaster he has the me and jesse podcast which is all things sports and this is where i like to do a deep dive because uh so bc background but now in alberta Mm -hmm. This could go a lot of ways for you. Um, let, let's talk sports teams. Like, and, and I don't know if you like to talk. Oh yeah, this favorite. is a good one. I don't know if you like to talk favorites because I know you you do. Oh, a I lot. do. Okay, so yeah, so, yeah, no, I, we're not. We don't apologize about who we like or not. Don't like. I love. That's the cool thing about podcasts. You can just do what you want. Who, are, uh, who, who here's you, the story. Who, who about, are you pulling for? Like, who's your team? Okay, here. This is a weird one. All right. So, growing up on Vancouver Island, you'd think the Canucks, but 
my dad was a Canucks fan. And for some reason, my dad said when I was five years old, you can't have the same team as me. You have to pick another team. So we always have a rivalry. And I don't know why he did that. That's weird. (laughs) No, I don't know why he did it. But, But so at five years old, I went through the logos of all the NHL teams. And I had one of those like table hockey games. Remember those things with the, you spin the little rods and whatever. It was a tabletop hockey thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Rod hockey. And so I looked at all the logos were on the side of that. And so I picked the coolest logo I saw. It was amazing. One thing I loved was having a fireplace in our house and I love staring at the fire. And so when I saw a logo with fire on it, Oh, I know where you're going. I was like, (laughs) I had to pick them. So I chose the Calgary flames when I was five years old and (laughs) I've never looked back. I Even thought, when I moved here, was... I thought you were going to say Atlanta Flames because I'm an old guy. But yeah. then, but then yeah. when you said that, I'm like, man, you're living in Edmonton. You realize yeah. you, you can't you can't be doing that. <laughs> it is hilarious, actually, when I tell people this story because they can't believe it uh, that I would be a Flames fan. But it, you know, there is a lot of Flames fans here. But it is it wasn't before. It was before. Like I was five years old. It's been how old am I? 37 years of being a Flames fan. Wow. So, you know, I, I, it was, I, I never left. I never changed, but you know, hockey kind of like, again, doing a sports show, like y- you, you find different things you like and, and don't like. And, and sometimes, you know, sports for me, wane a little bit and hockey is on the back burner a little bit for me now. Um, I got massively into F formula one, <laughs> When the Netflix thing, like so many people watch the Netflix series. If you haven't seen it, you know, watch it. It's, it's called drive to survive. It's amazing. Mm -hmm. But I've watched every race for the last two seasons. Wow. I, I get up at four in the morning to watch like it. I am all in on that. Who's your go-to team in that? uh, Red Bull. Okay. Which, you know, now they're winning. So everyone's like, oh, just because of that. And I no, I picked them before when they weren't, but, but anyway, I, I, yeah, I, I just like them. And then, but really football. American football is is my big thing. I, I yeah, love too. that. And I'm a Seahawks fan. Oh, oh shit. Uh, <laughs> well, I'm well a, I grew up there. Like, I, I grew up there. That one made sense. Like, I love the Mariners. I love the Seahawks. Yeah. And I really went with the Seahawks. You got to realize um, you're talking to a huge Broncos fan. And this Russell Uh-oh. Wilson thing, this Russell <laughs> Wilson thing. Is, oh, boy. Is, you don't want to watch. Holy <laughs> I don't even know where to I go. honestly like I I couldn't believe I mean obviously as a Seahawks fan I was devastated. Mm. I was like oh no I got to go through another like decade of sucking like oh, come on. <laughs> and now it looks like and I was like so mad at Pete Carroll I was you know mad at the GM I was mad at everybody on that. And now you're like man these guys might have been this might be the biggest fleecing in not just NFL, but sports history. Oh, come this on. This might be the biggest come thing on. in sports history. Don't, I, it, don't forget I, Cam I, Neely. I, don't forget the Cam oh, Neely trade. Cam Neely. But this, like, I, for, because honestly, like, you can't deny that as a Broncos fan, you didn't instantly think Super Bowl bound. Well, like, I, I thought at least playoffs. I, I thought, yeah. I didn't think last in the division and, and, no. and we suck. Uh, I, I thought Super Bowl bound. I honestly, I'm like, I don't see anybody 
like challenging that. They looked so good on paper. It was incredible. Good defense, right? But great defense, honestly, good he run has game, great receivers. He has no like targets, though. He has no targets, and I realize yeah. we have a rookie head coach, so it's a bit of a perfect shitstorm, to be honest. Yeah, it has been. It, it's it's mind boggling, to be honest. Like I I don't understand what's happening there. I did not. Mm. Think but that I, he'd fallen off like that. I got to tell you, I am happy for Seahawks fans because w- when you make a move like that and you think I have no, we have no hope, and then all of yeah. a sudden, you know, it's like, wait a minute, that that like to me, that's what teams all about. Everybody comes yeah. together. You 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 get somebody that can do the job. It doesn't have to be, you know, you could have the next Trent Dilfer and still win the damn yeah. Super Bowl, right? It, yeah. You don't yeah. need to have Tom Brady to win the Super Bowl. No. And I, but I got hit both sports. I got NHL. The Flames fell apart in the off season. They lost Goudreau and they lost to Chuck. And I'm like, what is happening to my teams right now? Like, right. That was a horrible like sports summer there because like, you didn't know what was going to happen. And that now you're like, oh wow, it actually worked out all right there. So hey, yeah, it was it was weird. But hey, yeah, I, try try being a Canucks fan for forty plus years. Yeah. I, Oh, I know. I I watch and and I and again I, I would say they're probably my second team because when when you you watch that it when and growing up there you didn't have all access to all the games all the time it was your local game of course and yeah. and the Canucks were always on and my dad was a Canucks fan so he he always had it on so hmm. um yeah so I I watched their both their cup runs sorry they've had three but I was yeah. remember two of them ninety four uh, um ninety four and, and then the one against the Bruins. Whatever yeah, what was, was it? Oh, seven or twenty? I can't remember. I don't know. But anyway, yeah. So, so yeah. I, I mean, sports has always been a big thing. I got so like into fantasy sports, and mm-hmm. like I played so much of it, and I just, you know, I just kind of burnt myself out a little bit from it. Yeah, I feel that. Um, but yeah, it's it's uh, it is. I know that it'll come back more. And again, I do a sports show, so you know. But really, the our show is more about what you do. Like it's about diving deeper on what makes someone tick and like what they love about their sport they played or what makes them who they are. Like that's really what it's about. And it's not really about the sport so much, but you know, we talk about current sport things and usually it's just messing around. Like I'll call Aaron Rodgers a, looks like an Amazon driver or something, but. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. I got a big following in Green Bay. So, I know. There's a lot here. So l- let me ask you this. Have you been watching the World Cup? Because, like, for me, yeah, I, I, I grew up playing soccer, love watching, especially the World Cup level, and Canada has not been in this damn thing since I was just a little kid. And we're finally there, and I thought we had at least a chance of getting to the Sweet 16, and it's like, mm. Mm. Well, I do love, I do love, well, let's call it football because that's what they, the rest of the world calls it. Um, and, and I, I mean, I was watching Canada go there was incredible and the whole build up to it was amazing. Um, that big game in Edmonton that was, it snowed and that was incredible. And, but you know, I wasn't under any delusion that that group that they got put in was a nightmare. Uh, <laughs> although, Belgium doesn't look as good as we thought they were going to look. And, no and kidding, they're, right? they're clearly lost something where they were widely considered the number two team in the last World Cup. I That's fallen down dramatically. And and so, but, you know, Croatia is one of those teams. I, I think what Canada needs is is 
think the coach knew what he was going to be up against. It's like, hey, let's just try to rattle them. Remember Iceland? Iceland made it to the to the 16 one yeah, year. I and, do. you know, there's 300,000 people. But they played the same style. And and teams couldn't – they had trouble figuring it out. And I think that that's the same approach that they did. And I, I honestly, it is probably the most exciting form. Like all the games that they've been in other than the – I mean, sorry, the first half of the Croatian game was good, but the rest wasn't. But, but you know, I, I think that was just it. And these other team, these other countries that that's they eat, breathe, live, sleep, whatever football. Um, there's something they know about the sport that we just haven't got yet. Yeah, that's fair. And that's I, fair. But I hope I'm hopeful that we can because mm-hmm. um, you know with the what the popularity of it now, obviously that spurns more kids or gets more kids, spurs more kids into the sport and. Um, it's accessible. It's, it's relatively cheaper than most sports, especially hockey. Uh, and so I hope that it continues to grow because, and this kind of stuff helps that. I really do believe that like making it there is a big deal. And I hope, I really hope we get a point at least out of the Morocco game, but yeah. Well, I was looking at like some of the teams that aren't there, and uh, for some reason, I'm like, okay, where's Italy? What, how are they doing? Like, yeah, no. they're not even there. They didn't make so, it. So, they didn't to, make it. to even, you know, you got teams like Ghana, and you got there's teams that are coming out of the woodwork. And I always remember, like, I think it was Cameroon back in the '80s. Yeah, they, they did a fairly deep run, and it's like people get behind it. it what I love about it, Jesse, is like think about Super Bowl. Everyone's all in. When, when it comes to World Cup, you've got literally millions and millions of people behind a given team, which, and it's a one yeah. game thing. It's not a seven game damn series where it's like, oh, no. we're up 2 1. It's like, it's all or nothing. And for me, yeah. any sporting event when it's like all or nothing is the best. Oh, it's incredible. It's like every game is the game seven, essentially. Like that. Yeah, and exactly. that's what I love about those kind of things, and that's what I do love about football playoffs too. Is that it, it's the same kind of format. Like it's you lose and you're out, and you know there's a round robin in this stage, I guess. But but it is, and and how much they they you know, and again, like the only way we really can explain it as Canadians is how do people feel about hockey? Well, you know, magnify that by even more people in those <laughs> countries that feel yeah. that way about football, exactly. and they've done it for a hundred years, yeah. like. And a lot of it. So, you know, people are like, why? It's so boring. Like, well, no, you know, six billion people can't be wrong. Yeah. Essentially. Like, when you got the chanting and the cheering going on, I just, it's great background for me. Like, and I, I just, um, I don't know. I really appreciate it. And I just think that it's something that we can, we can kind of grow into. I feel like we're in our infancy. If that makes sense. I do too. I think that it is something that can keep going and I, and I hope it does. I hope North America, I hope the States get on late. Yeah. look like they have a young team now yeah. too. So I really do hope that it does catch on and, and I'm, and, uh, you know, league develops the MLS develops more here and, mm-hmm. and that kind of stuff, because I think it is a great sport. I do love it. I love the scope and the scale of it. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. You get, Living in North America, you get. I've traveled outside of North America many times, and and catching the their. Ang- I was in actually Madrid. I didn't get to go to a real Madrid game, but I was in Madrid um, on a night of a game, and it was wild. Like everywhere, the whole streets are full. Like every 
bar and pub and restaurant is full. Like yeah. it's it like the place shuts down essentially for yeah. everyone to come and watch yeah. the game. And it's, it, it is incredible. Like it is, it brings everybody together and, and you know, that the rest of the world, you know, how many, you know, we have a few hundred million, uh, in America and then we have 50 million here or whatever. And the rest of the world loves soccer. Yeah. Like yeah. they love it yeah. and it is the number one thing for them. And so it is, I, I, I don't think it could be, I don't think it'll, anything will dethrone hockey in Canada, but, but you know, I would like to see it grow a lot more here yeah. for sure. Amen. So, so come on, let's get back to the water. We'll get back into sports in a minute. Yeah. Cause I know that is your bread and butter, but so is fly fishing. And, and I want to ask you why you do this. Like if you, if you sat back and you went, okay, I spent all this time in the water. I spent all this time at the tying vice. I spent okay. all this. T- why? <laughs> oh man. I get asked that a lot. Um, it's fun. <laughs> I, again, like I, I, I mentioned before, like, the hobbies that I, I picked up, I would drop. I need to find things that I can't figure out. I can't. Ooh, I like, like that. I like that. Like hack the system on it. Like yeah. I will, I could fish my whole life and still not know the next day what it's going to be like. And that's what keeps me coming back. It's that unknown and going and trying your luck at, at this thing and all the other hobbies I've done, like, um, yeah, I figure it out too quick and I, I, I don't see where it can go from there. And I need to see that with things and with fishing, I, it, to me, it feels limitless. It feels endless. It feels like as much as I learn or invest into it, I could learn more. I could, I could figure out more and I can, because, you know, I've again, really, when I think about this, I fished on Vancouver Island and Edmonton, Alberta, like that's there's a big world out there with a lot of fishing and I haven't even scratched the surface on it. <laughs> so, yeah. so really like, you know, and I've been in a few places out, I mean, around, but, but you know, really, when you really think about it, I've only really invested in a couple places and I know that wherever I go next, if I leave this place one day and move to another place, I will find a river or a lake or something and figure that one out too. And that's it. Like there it's endless. It's, it's, I could, like, again, the whole, my whole life could be filled with fishing and you'd never figure it all out. You, you just, mm. even if you had every, every, you had the best fly, the best rod, the best, everything, perfect casting every single time, perfect loop every time, perfect you know, presentation every time. But then you go to a different stream, you go to a different lake and the temperature's different and the fish don't eat that here or mm. something like that. Or it, 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 like, that is what keeps me going. That's what keeps me going out there. And, and seeing all that unfold every day is what it's all about for me. I remember like, you know, one thing is on the coast, like, especially steelheading, you get skunked a lot. Like you go home with like not catching anything more than you catch during steelhead season. That's just how it is. And so I never had that issue with, with that. And so I could go all day and not catch anything and be completely content because it wasn't about that for me. It was about figuring something out. And now I know a bunch of ways that this doesn't work or 
this is what they weren't doing today. I know that. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I, I, I mean, I just kind of take those approaches to it all. Like in, and to me, I don't ever see it ending this way. Like it, it, it is always something else that I can go try. And I really don't like, I have, my wife says I have too much gear, but whatever. I don't, I'm not like a gear head. Yeah. Um, but it's not really about that part for me. It's about the experience of trying to figure out the fish. So until someone can, you know, get inside of the thought process of a fish, I think we'll be fishing. That's how I look at it. You so. know, it's funny what you just said, because like for me, I know a lot of people are gearheads, and there's a lot of technical people out there. Like for me, I don't give a crap about the gear. Like for yeah. me, I want to, I want to figure out the entomology. I want to figure out why they're eating something, yeah. why this fly I tied doesn't work or does work. Why this tippet is yes. slaying my buddy's fish in the same pattern, but he has different tippet than me and he's kicking my ass. Why is this, <laughs> why is this happening? That's and, it. You know what I mean? It's like, it's not about how many modulus the rod is. It's about sharing that yep. space and trying to understand the bigger picture and the attention to detail. And uh, for me, that that never, is exactly it for me too. It never that gets is old, exactly it. Right? It's no, just, it doesn't. Yeah. Because there's always something else. Like you never know. And and yeah. And and that's why I do appreciate fishing with other people too. Because you know, the people I fish with are nice anyway, and they'll tell me what's going on. But <laughs> but <laughs> usually. Some usually. Will tell you. <laughs> We actually have a running joke that, you know, and again, with social media and fishing, like, you know, people love and hate it or love and hate it or hate to love it or I don't know, but there's a lot of things. So you post a spot, not a spot, a fish you caught, Mm -hmm. uh, and then everyone asks, like, where did you catch that? And, you know, that's the big no-no on social media now. So (laughs) we always have a running joke that everything we catch is from Beaumont Pond. There's no such thing as a Beaumont Pond, <laughs> but everything we say is, yeah, we were at Beaumont Pond the other day, and yeah. that is just what we say now. So I, I yeah, respect like, that. I, I respect that. That yeah. was like on Stillwaters. I think it was Duck Lake, Duck Lake, Duck Lake. It was like, what yeah. the hell is that? But no, I, I do get that. Like for me, the spot yeah. burning thing is social media. We have to be careful. It's not like back in the day where you really had to do No, homework, it isn't, yeah. Right? So... It is. Yeah, it's a weird one. It's a weird it dynamic is. that. Well, especially in what you're doing, right? So as a video creator, somebody that wants yeah. to kind of make people live that experience, you want to yep. do it without burning the spot, without... It's, yeah. It's a, it, it's a fine line you walk, right? It is, absolutely. And I think... I've never had anyone say anything, but, you know, it, it definitely is an interesting kind of situation we're in because... On one hand, you're like, okay, well, our spots are wrecked. Like, well, then you can go find new ones. Or the inverse side of that is like, well, I mean, we have so much more access to great fly gear uh, and different options that we can get now or yeah. any kind of gear, for example. And 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 with so many people taking up fishing, well, then we get the advancements in, in mm-hmm. technology and mm-hmm. kayak building and all the stuff that goes along with it. So it's kind of like one of those six and one half a dozen and the other things where, you know, yeah. Okay. You might not like that. There's so many people, but you wouldn't have this other stuff if people weren't buying it. Exactly. You wouldn't get to go to that fly shop with a million patterns or, or do you know, do you know what I love about this? And, and cause I know you're fishing a lot of still water and that's kind of my wheelhouse for the most part is because I'm in the Kamloops kind of area, which is mostly still water, but yeah, there's room 
right? So if somebody's on your yeah. spot in the river, it's like, crap, I got nowhere to go. Yeah. But if, if there's 20 people on a lake that's a decent size, you may never see anybody, right? Exactly. You're like 20 people on a lake now and around here would be incredibly busy, but you'd still have plenty of places to fish. Yeah. Like yeah. that's just how it is on still water. So, you know, that is really cool too. I've been watching like videos from like, uh, the Fraser river and going through Vancouver there oh, and, and, you know, crap. now watching like 200 people standing on the shore, like, Whoa, yeah. <laughs> it is literally shoulder to shoulder. Yeah, and I, I don't know if I would do that, but, but you know, they, and that's part of the other stuff, but hmm. yeah, I, I grew up I, doing again, that. I can tell you, I won't do it. I just, I, yeah. I, I just, and, and I do miss it. There's part of me that really misses that Vetter river slash Shahala yep. slash name a river that everybody goes to today. But, I don't miss it enough to go do it like when it's shoulder to shoulder. Like I do enjoy it. The space out there to me is more important than catching a fish. Yeah, I think so too. I, I do like that. Like I said, I like fishing with people that I know. But yeah, if you're going to roll up on like 15 people, like yeah. I don't know about I, that. But I once saw a fist fight at the hatchery on the Chehalis over <laughs> <laughs> this guy hooked a chum and he started walking backwards. Oh, it's a dog, it's a dog. And he snapped his rod in half and then everybody was just giving him the gears and then a fight broke out and we're like, this sucks. I don't, yeah. I, this is not MMA. Anyway, no. I, I was like, <laughs> that shouldn't be part of the That's like, that's experience. not why I go fishing. Let, let's no. talk jobs, man. So I know you're huge yep. into the sports. Are you living your best job right now? Like if, if you look back at your job <laughs> history, if you will, being video yeah. creator, you got the podcast, you're doing the sports thing. Yep. What's the best gig you've had so far? Yeah, definitely this. Like, you know, <sighs> Growing up on the island was interesting because at the time there wasn't a lot of like the career path idea you could take. Uh, it wasn't super busy there, there, there wasn't a lot. And then, so, you know, I was newly married we had a kid, we we're going to have a second kid and we decided to pick up and move to Alberta, um, for work essentially. Um, and I worked when I first moved here, I actually worked in a construction job which wasn't horrible, but that first day at minus 30, when I went out there, wasn't, that was an eye opener. I'll just say that. But so then I was like, you know what? I don't want to do this. And so luckily enough for me, after about six months of doing that, uh, a guy I met, um, got a contract to do a TV show. And so he knew that I liked cameras and that kind of stuff and did some stuff on the Island. And he hired me to, to be one of the producers on it. And so I did that for a few years. I produced, man, I probably produced about 250 hours of television in Alberta one year. It was crazy. And, and so I realized I hated it. <laughs> I hated the television. Wait, thing wait, was wait a minute. What, why? <laughs> you got to explain that. So, so why did you hate it? You know, at first it was good because you're, you're learning so much. You're figuring it out. You're learning editing. That's just as digital cameras started to really make way, uh, digital editing started before, like you had to like splice tape, um, physically. And then all of a sudden it started happening on a computer and I was like super into that. And that was great. All that was awesome. Learning all that was great. Um, as I rolled into the assistant producer ish role, I ended up on the phone all day long, lining up guests, lining up 
thing, like location things. Like it just oh, okay, turned into yeah. logistics. And that, I, I do master. not do, yeah, I do not do well with logistics stuff. Mm. Um, I have people that do that for me now. I, I just cannot. And so I just ended up, you know, kind of associating everything with that world as not wanting to do it. Um, but so I got out for a while and then, you know, but about seven, eight, seven years ago, um, social media is picking up and it's starting to show videos and I see some video pop. I mean, you know what? I think maybe it's time to, you know, dust off the camera and start making some videos for social media stuff because I see this could be a trend and yeah, it definitely was obviously, um, Remember Google Plus? Yeah, it was around for a few yeah. years, yeah, and for sure. I, uh, I, I actually, man, I exploded on Google Plus. Like, I had like nine billion views of my photographs. Like, it was crazy. Google hired, like, Google brought me onto their. It was called Google Create Team, and I was uh, one of their creators for Google. And they verified. So if you go to my YouTube channel, it's like ver has the check mark and is verified because. And I didn't have it even really. I did, have a YouTube channel I did notice your check and, mark. Yeah. And so they verified me across all Google products and it was, it was crazy. Like I, you know, we're talking to people all over the world. It was, it was so neat. Like just like exploring this whole new avenue of getting like imagery out there and visuals. And I just fell in love with it. I fell in love with, I'll be honest. I fell in love with social media too at that time. Like it was so great to see and interact with people all over the place so easily. And you built, it was so easy to build a community that cared about what you were doing. Um, obviously that's changed a little bit. And I go, I went through the natural thing of, you know, I hate this. I hate this. I don't like this. I'm not going to post anymore. I'm not going to do this stuff. And, um, but then, you know, obviously necessity takes over. And, um, I saw a kind of a market with realtors. Um, but you know, actually first, I did my own vlog. I, I vlogged right. about once a week for about 80 episodes, maybe. Hmm. Um, and just played with stuff. And I talk a bit in it and I'd show things I was doing. And, um, all of a sudden people started asking me to do that for them. And I saw a opening with realtors actually. And so me and a guy that I've known for a long time started doing videos like that. And we made them super funny, but like vloggy. Um, right. and you know, now everybody around here does that, but cause I did most of them, but <laughs> I made a lot of videos, <laughs> That's cool. Uh, but then you're like, I don't want to do real estate forever. I don't want to do this. I, I real estate's not that exciting. Um, and so I started doing things for companies and then I started getting involved with the local governments, uh, provincial governments, even the government of Canada I've done projects for now. Hmm. Um, I, I've, I've. Oh man, I, it's just kind of evolved all the way through. And then I think, you know, the beginning of this year, I was like, you know what? I, I, I could see realty slowing down, not just because of the economy, but just because I didn't feel like doing so many. So I have a handful of people that are my friends now that I, I will work with on the realty side, but I saw another kind of opening with, you know, marketing strategy. I'd invested so much of my time into learning. Like again, right. When I dive into something, I am going to figure it out. <laughs> it's a deep dive. And so I, yeah, I figured out social media for the most, like, again, like, there's not just a win button. You can't just make something go viral. If you could, everybody would do it. But you can make things along the way that actually 
put you in the right position that if that did take place, you would be able to capitalize off that. Hmm. And so now essentially that's what I help other people do. Um, and so I work with a couple of companies that, you know, are, are, uh, growing that and, you know, one in particular is like absolutely just killing it out there. Uh, they're, they just had a massive black Friday weekend. It was, it was, uh, obviously black Friday. And so, you know, that kind of stuff, like I love strategy. I love figuring that? that stuff out. Uh, that one's called Backscape. That's a, a yep. male grooming company. Now hear me out. Okay. It's for shaving your back. <laughs> oh, shoot. <laughs> <laughs> so we have, so actually got the patent for, now this is crazy too. Um, this came through me doing a, a video for a company in Edmonton and me and the owner kind of like connected and became friends slowly over the time of doing projects with them. And, mm-hmm. and he's like, Hey, I got this side project that I'm trying to invent. And I need some videos done. We need to, I want some investors. And this guy's not like, he's smart. He's, he raised a huge company and sold it for millions of dollars. And so then he wants to do this other thing. So, um, we start doing videos with that kind of stuff. And now they've, they've been awarded the patent. You can't put an electric razor on a stick anymore in North America. It's patented. So (laughs) it's, it's, I don't even know how we got that. that Right. it. Wow. It is like, it is, it is. It's serious. And so, you know, we started doing the last few years going and then really in late spring, early summer, um, believe it or not, TikTok, which is a real thing Mm -hmm. and I'm in love with it. (laughs) It, we run so many ads on there, uh, and it, it is incredible. We just cracked 200,000 us this month. And most of that was done over the last weekend. So it's. Yeah, it, it has been really cool. And I could see this progressing. Like, this is obviously, you know, whatever happens with this company and the other ones I do stuff with, like, it is part of the track record. And I would like to keep doing this. And mm. really, when I, I think, I'm always thinking about fishing, remember. So <laughs> I'm like, it, man, I would go, I, yeah, I would go to Spain for six months yeah. and help a company or wherever. And I'm like, okay, I want to go find a place, maybe Colorado, maybe somewhere in Colorado needs oh, my help. Oh, I yeah. can go there for six months. Yeah. <laughs> One of my best friends who sadly passed away on Canada Day this year. Um, that's another thing I'm doing. I'm actually GM of a restaurant right now too. <laughs> really? <laughs> Which, yeah. What restaurant? So he wrote out there. Uh, it's, it's called Broadway and Grand and Parlor 1919. Okay. Um, it's a real staple in Spruce Grove. Oh, oh, no, sorry. it's oh. in Spruce Grove. Okay. We're in Spruce Grove. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so he, this guy that started it, um, we just kind of became friends and over the years and became, he was one of my best friends and sadly was in a motorcycle accident on Canada day. Hmm. Um, and in like our world was, it was hard. Like my dad passed away 15 years ago and, um, you know, that's tragic that that's hard. This was so shocking and quick and unexpected, it, it was really difficult. And so it's been a, it's been a rough summer if I'm being honest that way. And, and even now, like even up to now, it's still been tough because I'm, I jumped in, I I said I would volunteer there actually for six months. And fortunately my business is at a place where, you know, I could do that. Um, but you know, I did love the restaurant industry. I did that on Vancouver Island. I always thought that's what I would do actually was run restaurants. I do love the industry, but it is a lot, but mm. 
so I do that as well right now. And so it's, it's, there's a lot of things going on, but I'm always, you got lots going on over there. And do you know what makes me laugh is we jumped down this whole rabbit hole and asked you, are you doing your best job? But I, I I want to ask you, what was the worst job that you ever did that you don't want to ever do again? The worst job was probably, man, you know, I've been probably pretty lucky, but geez, I worked as a telemarketer for about, oh crap, eight months. Yeah. It was not fun. (laughs) I did not like it. And so at first it was fun. Then I was like, I don't like talking to people and them saying no to me. I realized. And so, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. How do you handle rejection? (laughs) Let's make that my lifestyle choice. Yeah. That's it. (laughs) And you know, that was before social media really. And so, um, we, you know, that was, you had to phone people, you had to talk to them. So I didn't like that at all. That was the worst. I don't want to ever do that again. I hate calling people. Like I really do. If I can text or email or yeah. whatever, send a p- carrier pigeon, I'll do that. But I don't <laughs> like making those cold calls. I don't want to cold call anybody That's ever again. <laughs> cold, cold calling sales calls is not, not a cakewalk. No. Right. No, yeah. I don't mind sales obviously, but no, but yeah, the cold call side of things on the ground like that. Oh man. I'm it. not into that one. I'm done with that. Fill in the blank for me. So when you're not fly fishing, you're, mm. you're normally doing what? Well, I have five kids too. What? They're all boys. Hold, hold, hold yeah. on. Hold on here. <laughs> so you, you're in the restaurant business. You got a media thing. You got a podcast. You're trying to fly fish. You got five kids? Five? Yeah, five boys. Holy. Five boys. So you're, you're, yeah, not, so you're not bored? No, not bored. I don't think ADHD doesn't let you be. So I kind of need things like that, <laughs> but I'm also a massive introvert, believe it or not. Like really? when I, but I, I public spoke for a lot of years and, and I got over that. I used to like get physically ill before I had to go speak at something, but I got I, over that I and I actually relate, love it. I can relate to that. Did radio a lot of years and I, I, and I still have to do speeches and I still feel like I'm going to throw up every time. And then wow, you find yeah. a way it's weird, eh? Like you find a way to, you know, it's coming and it's like, I've been there, done that. It's yeah. once you start talking, it goes away. It's like, it's like when you have yeah. a big game to play, it's like you're nervous before, but when you're playing, yeah, it's not absolutely. really, right? I think that it's because you care. I, I like you care about what you're going to do. So there is that part of like, you don't want to screw up. There is that. Um, but you know, I did it so much that it became second nature to me and I love it. Like it actually, I do love it, but I'll crash and burn after like it, it drains me oh, quite yeah. severely. That's, but I can, that's well said, Jesse. I, I, I totally, that that's really well said. I think for anybody that goes through that, it's a roller coaster ride. And when it's over, you're just done. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's the introvert part. I think like I can go and stand in front I've stood in front of 10,000 people and said stuff and 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 you know that's I don't bat an eye at that anymore um but I just find all like because I'm on and I'm like giving and I'm like yeah um just like putting it all out there um and then I just really need to recover after yeah um that giving struggled with that for a long time that giving sucks the energy out of you as much as it's in the moment and your endorphins are going it just you crash after 
Yeah. I, it, for me, that's how it is. And, yeah. and, uh, even in groups, like if I don't uh, like, I'm fine in front of people, if I have a microphone on my hand, but if I have to go and sit in a social, social situation with like 15 people that I don't really know, that's really, that's the hardest thing for me. So <laughs> see, I, I'm I the opposite. Weird. If I don't know them, yeah. it's easy. If I know them, then I feel the pressure. Oh yeah. No, like, I, I, I can't bullshit somebody. I know. <laughs> that's good i like that <laughs> but you know what i mean it's like when you don't i just find sometimes when you don't know the people it's actually easier i actually do better in a bigger crowd I, i'm with you on the intimate crowd that to me sometimes is is harder yeah it is a weird thing but i i you know again like you just figure this stuff out in your life like it is weird how that works and you know i'm 42 and you know, I remember thinking like how old that was when I was like 20. Like I remember I knew someone that was 40 and I'm like, man, that is, that is old. <laughs> and now you're like, I guess it's not that bad. Uh, but I do <laughs> think my parents were not as cool as me. Maybe that's a thing. I don't know. <laughs> but they, but I, I do that's think that's quotable think, right there. I know. I know. I, I do that on purpose for my own kids because I love you it. Know, they think, <laughs> wow. but yeah, you figure it out as you go along and, and yep. you just figure out what works and doesn't work. And mm. I trial and error a lot of things. I'm not afraid to run in and try something. And right. I think that's probably, you know, if I could sum up like my life in general, I'm not afraid to try something and I will try it and I will dive in and really try. Like, I'm not just going to like dip my toes in. I am going to dive in. How, how into... important is it that you say yes? So, so if, if an opportunity comes along, whether it's fly fishing related, media created, uh, video creative, somebody asks you, Hey, would you want to do this? Like mm. the hesitation factor for you, I sense is not that big. It sounds like you're all in and that's kind of yeah, where you I, learn, I think... right? I think now it's more like, honestly, now I think it's, if it's more challenging or unknown, I'm more likely to dive headfirst into. If I know what's going to happen, I, I usually hesitate a little. Like if I know, and I've already done this, I'm like, eh, mm. I don't know, maybe. Interesting. And so I, I love the unknown. I really do. I love going to new things and trying new things. And and that really drives me quite a lot. And maybe that's part of fishing too. Like yeah. the unknown, like just trying to discover what isn't known yet. And so, yeah, I, I definitely am not afraid to do that. And it's, again, like I won't say everything's worked out immensely, but nothing's catastrophically, catastrophic, like, nothing's crumbled my entire universe where I was yeah. unable to recover. So even if things haven't worked out, it's still not as bad. Like I, I can make it through that and you can learn from that process too. One of my so favorite I, quotes, Jesse is like, what, what would you do if you knew you could not fail? So yeah, cause it's that self doubt, right? It's like, you know what, yep. what's the worst, what's I'm going to get up in front of 300 people and do a speech on, sports or whatever what's the worst thing that could happen it's like yeah it's really not that it, bad and we think it is because it's in your head but when you get out of your damn head it's not really yeah. that hard no i i i really believe that like i don't i just think that we people are capable of a lot of stuff i really do and we've seen it through history people are capable of things 
And I don't think that those people that did those like amazing things that we read about really thought in the moment, oh, this is going to be an amazing thing I do. And someday someone's going to write a book about this. <laughs> I don't think they thought that. Yeah. I think they just said yes. Yeah, exactly. And so that's kind of my approach to it. Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, yeah, sure. Why not? Let's try. Mm-hmm. And, you know, maybe something crazy big will happen. And, and I said, like I said, like I've been fortunate. I'm I'm super happy with where I am now. And and and, you know, saying yes to things. And, yeah, there's always things that can improve or shift or change. But, ah, man, I. Yeah. Not enough hours in the day for me to worry about a lot of that. I do worry about things especially now with all this stuff going on. And, you know, I, you know, hmm. the podcast before sports, we actually talked about mental health for like two years. Really? But, but, uh, yeah, we did. How, how was but that? It was good. It's just, it's just hard to it's really heavy, right? Yeah. No, you, people that listen to that stuff are the people that struggle with that stuff. Really? Yeah. People that don't struggle with that stuff don't really listen to it. So that was the, you know, if I'm going to be like that, it, that's the problem with those kind of things. So, you know, that was it. And we're like, well, a lot of people like sports and they don't care if they're happy or sad, they'll watch sports. So that's kind of why we made that shift. But, <laughs> you know, my co-host yeah. and I, Mark, we, we both like, you know, had mental health. He, he had struggled with severe anxiety and I with depression and ADHD and stuff like that. And, and, and so, you know, for a couple of years, solid, we talked about that kind of stuff. And, and I still do. And I do a lot of stuff in the community around that world as well. Yeah, that's cool. I, I'm curious what, what made you and Mark decide to do a podcast? Like, was this a, was this a general conversation? It sounded like you started somewhere else and now you're in a different yeah. place with, with the whole sports. Well, thing. I think we just, you know, we, we would go out for coffee on Saturdays with a bunch of friends and, mm. and we would just talk and. And he and I were doing, I was doing, he had a marketing company, has one. And, and I, I met him, he hired me to do some photos and it turned into video stuff and we became really good friends and just decided like, Hey, let's, we can talk, like, let's just do this. Mm -hmm. And we just said yes and tried and figured that out. Hmm. I I love, like for me, I've always loved talk radio, like whether it's the Howard Stern show or whether it's like, I like real stuff so for me it's like I, I i struggle with calculated interviews but i love yeah. i love it when people when people get real with their thoughts and their emotions their problems and and that that for me is why i love podcasts because you can you can do a deep dive into any damn thing you want to learn about on any Absolutely. given day right and, yes and it's there's integrity in that when you're dealing with people that are going through the same things you're going through. So, I mean, I chose to do mine about fly fishing, but for me, it's, I'll be honest with you. And you and I kind of talked about this previous, it's not about the fishing Yeah. as, as your show is not about the sports. It's about the story behind that. Why do we do this? And what brings us to this? And what's the, what's the mental psyche? What do you listen to when you drive to the water? What are you talking about on the way? You know what I mean? It's, it's deeper than, just the fishing like to me the fishing is kind of the surface part of it yeah absolutely i i totally feel that one because yeah i ah, man at the end of the day we're humans that need connection with one another and 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 you know sharing each other's experiences and learning from one another's experiences is how we grow and and why not be open and talk about that stuff, especially for guys? Because I, I do think that we still struggle with that. Oh, yeah. I'm not really like that. I'm 
pretty emotional. <laughs> My wife's more the guy in the relationship. I'll talk all the time, but, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but for most, I do know, like, it's hard to talk about this kind of stuff and, and to open up and yeah. maybe, you know, heaven forbid, be vulnerable, especially in front of one of your friends. And, and, you know, I think it's important though, because, you know, there's a reason why there's so many suicides among men. Like we dominate those stats and it's not a good one. No. So there's a reason why it's because we're not being open and honest with this kind of stuff, but I think it is shifting and, and, uh, we, you know, we just need to keep those conversations going. We need to keep, um, hmm. you know, just care for one another that way to, to create a space that people can open up. Yeah. I love it. Check out the me and Jesse podcast. So, so Jesse, when, when you guys are, I like to ask this question to people that have shows or podcasts. If you had to pick a couple of your favorite episodes, is there a couple mm. we should seek out and go, yeah, this defines kind of what you guys are doing or this really, this one really I kind think, of had a memory yeah, we, for you. We interviewed Kelly Harudi, um, mm. and it was my cool. favorite interview. He, love, we, were, we usually just do an hour. Yeah, me too. I, I love him. I love him more now, but. You know, we, we do it live. We do a lot. It's actually a video and it's, we stream it live. And so the guest calls in, it's all visual. Um, uh, and usually we do it for an hour, but Kelly wanted to keep talking and we went almost two hours that day. Like he, we, mm -hmm. what we just talked about, he wanted to talk about the mental health stuff and he, he actually never opened up about it before really. And he opened up on the show hmm. about his own struggle with it. So That's I cool. would recommend if you're going to go find one, go find the one with Kelly Rudy. It is really, really good. Um, and everybody in Canada kind of really knows him, um, being so iconic and in, in not only with the blue bandana, but you know, now broadcasting, but yeah. Uh, that one was really good. And then there's another one that is kind of like out of the uh, more obscure. His name's Laval St. Germain, and he's the first Canadian to climb Mount Everest without supplemental oxygen. He had to sleep up there next to four dead people. I heard um, that frozen. Story. Yeah. And, and so we've had him on a couple times. Huh. Um, the first time he talks about the whole journey up Everest, um, that one also I would recommend. Cool. And that wasn't even the craziest thing that guy did. That guy rode across the Atlantic in a rowboat as well. And so, like, yeah. So I would say those two, if you're going to watch two and, and give us a chance on two, uh, watch those ones because those are um, did he, uh, pretty impactful. Did he anchor and fish karanis? <laughs> <laughs> Somewhere over the Marianas Trench. <laughs> oh, man. Hey, I, I want to ask you your dream day. So I always like to get our guests to paint a picture. So put your artist hat on, Jesse, for a second and paint me a picture of your dream day, whether it's whether it's still water, you know, is it, are you up early in the morning with a coffee in hand with a good buddy? Paint us a little picture of what your, your perfect day looks like in your words. Yeah. Well, I don't like getting up super early, but I will for fishing. <laughs> So usually what'll happen is, and what, you know, and again, this is, this has happened a lot, but this is my perfect day. Like I'll get, we'll talk the day before, Hey, let's go in the morning. We'll drive for a couple hours, maybe three hours and find some remote secluded place. And if it was a river, that is my thing. Like I love kayak fishing, but river stream is my jam. Um, we go find a stream and the fish are rising and, and, you know, it's just, 
you know, you can't, it's warm, it's warm because I don't like being cold either. And, you know, maybe fall because I love that. And they're taking everything off the surface. It's just incredible, but you're exploring new water, you're seeing new water, you, you shift to different spots. And, and, you know, by the end you're like, man, that was just incredible. I loved every moment of that. And you're driving home, the sun's setting behind you and, and, um, yeah, like the whole encompassing moment, like it's hard for me to pick moments, but when I look back at things, I like remember the feelings I had in that time. And, and that this year I, you know, first when the river opened up, um, this spring, like, um, I wasn't near Edson name. The river's escaping me, um, Clearwater. Um, and you know, we go there opening day and it wasn't a great day of fishing, which is the only thing, but you're exploring new water. It's, you know, the water's so clear and fresh and everything's melting and it was warm. And you know, that, that kind of stuff, like to me is like, I don't know. There's just something about it that I can't even really describe. It's just the feeling of, hmm. of, oh man, I don't know. I don't have to think about anything else. Like I don't have to, you know, all the other things going on and you know, the demands of all that, like I can let that go and I can just fish. I could just like dive into this and cause my brain never stops and never, I don't have a nothing box. I don't mm. stop thinking. You always but, been like that. Yeah. As far as I can remember. And I didn't know that why until I was much older, actually in the last few years only that I've figured this out with that and, you know, actually got medication to help with that stuff with ADHD things. It's weird. It's usually heard about the eight year old kid with Ritalin, but it's not like that anymore. It's advanced quite a bit. Right. And so, you know, it's changed my life to be honest that way. Like it really has, I can focus, I can, I can do tasks. I can, you know, you know, compartmentalize things. Unlike I could before everything was like a plate of spaghetti before everything ran into each other. <laughs> but, uh, That's you know, now I can. I like that analogy. Yeah. I'm the analogy guy. That's what people call me. But, but, uh, you know, just that, you know, with fishing, I can, I can turn that all off mm. and just focus on the fishing and, and just enjoy where I'm at and what I'm doing and what I'm in. Like I do, I grew up on the coast, man. Like water is a part of you there. Like I, yeah. I, yeah. it is, I miss it immensely. I miss, I miss it. I hate ice. I, I, I don't like ice fishing. Like I go a couple ice, times. To ice is my friend. water though. I know it is true. It's just the <laughs> wrong you, state of it. <laughs> do you have, do you have a hard time relaxing? Like, can you, can um, you just kind of like chill? Can you just kind of go, I'm not doing anything today. Oh, not for a day, but, but <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know what though? If I go away, like if I say it's vacation time, I can vacay like nobody. Like I will. Yeah. And that's what people say. If I want, if I decide, yes, exactly. That's exactly the point. If I decide, I will be the best at that. (laughs) (laughs) I will be the best vacationer out there. I will do it. I love it. And so I I do. Yeah. I, I, you know, when, when I feel comfortable and have people over and we're like, Hey, we're going to chill tonight. That's what I can do. And, and that's, it's good. Right now, it's a little harder because there's more things going on. But well, with you know, five five kids, past, we'll do that. For I, you. I know. Jeez. Right? I know. I, we didn't figure out what was making it happen, and then we did. So you get, we made it stop. You got any pets over there? You got dogs? Cats? Yeah, we got a little dog. Which what, is what kind actually, of dog? You yeah, got? he's a little Havanese, which oh, yeah. is the dogs from yeah Havana. Yeah. And actually, it's weird. Those dogs, 
there was 11 of them that escaped the Re uh, Cuban revolution in was it the fifties and they can trace them back to 11 dogs that escaped to America. Hmm. It's incredible. I, again, I read a, when I dive into something, I dive in. So I found all this out yeah, and you I'm do. like, these dogs are awesome. And so anyway, yeah, I, we love him. He's, his name's Yoda, but all our names are J's. All the boys are J's. Yeah, and so like Jesse, and then we have all the boys of Jays. We were gonna switch if we had a girl, but we never did. So, so uh, the dog's name is Yoda, but we spell it with a J and put a little Swedish circle over something. <laughs> yeah, I love it. It is there anything in your mind? This is kind of a weird question, but for me, I, I like to ask it anyway. Is there anything about fly fishing that you think, as a group? we could do better. Like, is there anything that kind of irks you about what's going mm. on, whether it's social media or whether it's whatever, yeah. is, is there any, anything kind of like gets your kind of goat? I think the, the push for, um, being recognized always bothers me. I think sometimes mm -hmm. when we, you know, focus so much on like doing it for the gram, which was the term a few years ago, you know, that, I think it taints that a little bit. Um, I, to me, I don't want to make that a business because <laughs> I'll turn it, if I turn into business, I might end up hating it. So I don't want to do that. But I, I do find as a group, like maybe, and I don't think everybody, but for, for some of it is that we need to remember why we're doing it. Like, like, that's the thing. Like sometimes it feels like it's just like forced and we have to like, well, we have to get this content. We have to do this. And then, you know, with all, all the sponsorships and the brands and stuff, and I get it cause I get things like that too. I have deal with Reddington and things like that. But, but you know, the reason I chose Reddington was actually for this reason is that they didn't demand those things. I know guys that do things for other companies, which I won't mention, but mm. you know, the amount of stuff that they get them to do for this, I'm like, man, I would charge thousands of dollars for this. And you got like a $14 tackle box. And so, so, you know, like that kind of stuff, like, I just think that hmm. maybe more the education on that kind of stuff for people that just get so giddy about getting something for free. And it really doesn't matter. Cause you know, and again, it's kind of like giving the trade secrets away. Cause this is what we do with our other products for other companies I work with. It's like, Hey, do you want this? Like put this in your thing. Yeah. They have a hundred thousand followers and they're excited to get this thing and they'll show it everywhere. And so I don't know, there's, there's some of that that I find that is a little silly sometimes, but mm -hmm. you know, in the most part, like, yeah, I don't know. I, I there's weird things that I find too. Like sometimes people pick a hill to die on and they'll do it. And again, maybe they feel that it's that, <laughs> I love it's that. that important. I love but, that. That's the yeah. hill. That's the hill you choose to die. I know. On. And that's what I say. I'm like, that's the hill you want to die on. Really? Yeah. I'm like, okay, fine. Jeez. Whatever. My wife says but, that to me all the time. That's the hill you want to die on. I'm like, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Maybe I can, I maybe I can take, maybe I can take the high road on this one. I don't think, I don't think I'm willing to take a sword on that. No, I don't know. So, so this stuff like that, like, but again, I think for the most part, if the people I know and make that personal connection with, like we can talk about that stuff openly. It's just, yeah. you know, it, it, you know, that kind of stuff. I just, I just don't like the, I don't want to ruin this for myself. Like I don't want to ruin yeah. no, I, I the enjoyment. Of, I've done and that. I know that, I, I've ruined yeah. it. I've ruined it for myself. I had, I had a company making fly rods. 
uh, oh God, uh, I'm, I'm 53. This is, I was probably in my twenties and it ruined it for me. It ruined yeah. it. And I'm just like, I, I kind of realized that it, and fly tying did that too. I, I started tying flies. I'm like, Oh, I have to sell them. Well, why, why do you, yeah. why? why don't you just why? tie them? tie them for you there's no you don't need to make everything uh you know like uh an yeah. entrepreneurship and and for me that's Absolutely. where I'm, i i have a feeling you and i have a lot of common boxes there because i'm yeah I'm, I'm very much well not diagnosed but i'm all in or i'm all out and it's like i don't know any <laughs> other word for it but i know <laughs> I, I you said a lot of things tonight that i uh i can really relate to and uh I really appreciate you taking the time to chat with me, man. It's it's been a lot of fun, and um, we got to do this again, man. Yeah, my pleasure. It was great. I again, like, I love what you're doing. I love the 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 motivation behind it because it's not just about like, hey, look how great fly fishermen we are, or whatever. Look how awesome we are at doing this. It's hey, who are you? Yeah, and why do you like this so much? Like I, that exactly. to me is my kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, you, so I appreciate it. Thanks you, for having me on. You're all in, you're into the deep dive, which which I, I am, appreciate. Really am, <laughs> Jesse. Thanks for doing this, man. Appreciate it, and uh, this will up be up next week. And uh, um, thanks thanks for your time. It's uh, it's much appreciated, especially with five kids. I'm sure, and and a Havanese. I'm sure you've got a few <laughs> a few things on your plate. Forget the wife too, like. Oh wow! Well, spend some time. What's with her, your wife's name? What's your wife's name? Throw it out there. Nikki. 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 She has a pretzel Nikki. business here. She makes pretzels. Big those big soft pretzels. She actually is like she's probably more famous than me in Spruce Grove right now, just because everyone loves her pretzels so much. Nick, <laughs> Nikki, you rock! Thanks for letting Jesse. Uh, thanks for looking after the kids while he uh, took time yeah. away with a little cold one in his hand. We've had Jesse yeah. Martineau on the show, video creator, avid fly fisherman podcaster. Check it out, Me and Jesse podcast. If you love sports, you got to check it out out of Spruce Grove, Alberta, Canada. Thanks so much, folks, for listening this time around. We'll catch you next time. The Fly Fishing 97 podcast is brought to you by theflycrate.com. Thank you for listening to the Fly Fishing 97 podcast. Your feedback matters. Let us know if there's a person or topic you'd like discussed. Email us at mark at flyfishing97.com. Until next time, tight lines and we'll see you on the water. Mm-hmm.